Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by Sally Bryder and Sally is an ASICS front runner. She's a really vocal spokesperson for menopause and also runs quite a bit as well. Um, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to Sally by a former guest, Susie Shaw. Um, and actually I gave Sally a call a few days ago and um, we spoke quite a bit, didn't we, Sally? Yeah, we did. We talked about... Um how I got into running, um, which obviously we'll share, and uh, how I then have ended up working in the charity where my husband works as well, and part of the ASICS front runner um, team. Not quite the oldest, but I think I'm the second oldest in the team. (laughs) And and really how, after 30 years as a banker in my younger life, I'm now um, bringing together my passion, which is running, which saved my life after and during menopause, um, and for me, I'm just doing the best job in the whole world. I'm talking about the London Marathon pretty much every day of my working life, <laughs> which is a bit of a dream, to be honest. And next week, I've just found out I'm going to the ASIC store in Oxford Street to talk about a new running show. And I'm sort of pinching myself thinking this is just wow. like mad. <laughs> so, feeling very grateful. No, that's absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, one thing I have noticed from the conversation we've had, and then obviously I try and always do a little bit of background reading on anyone I speak to, just how continuously honest you are about um, some of the you know, real struggles you have had. I mean, it's, you refer to it as that, um, the M word, the menopause witch, and other different yes. lovely descriptions of it, shall we say. Yes. yes. <laughs> but, I'm sure somebody made up the menopause witch before I did, but it just sort of came to me one day. <laughs> yeah, she she is a witch as well, you know. Yeah. So, do you want to, if you can start, just give a little bit of background about where you were, and then what kind of your experience you started with menopause, and then the seriousness, the impact it had on you as an individual. Um, yeah. I think one of the words you were describing as was kind of going the life and soul to soulless at one stage with her. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I've been um, very blessed. I've um, I've had a thirty-year. 30-year career in banking, which took me from the UK to the Channel Islands and then on to um, Singapore with my husband. Um, so we were very blessed. We had a lovely life. Um, we were in um, Phuket when the tsunami hit. And wow. that was sort of quite life-changing for us. So when we came home and sat on our balcony in Singapore, we decided that we wanted to adopt a child. So I was an older mum at 41, um, pretty much had everything. We had a lovely life and really enjoyed my job and we ended up moving back a few years later and 2012 back in Jersey I ended up having a hysterectomy Um, found out at the time which I didn't realize that I had quite bad endometriosis which any of the girls listening will probably understand and um, because my mum had died of breast cancer she was 38 I didn't have the offer of um, HRT yeah. But I thought I'd be okay because everything I read suggested that because I'd kept my ovaries that I would just go through a natural menopause probably 10 years later. So I'd be on the gentle slope to menopause rather than off a cliff, which is yeah. basically what ended up happening to me. So emotionally, I went off a cliff within like probably six, nine, 12 months. 
and the the only offer that I had from my very good gynecologist was sleeping tablets or antidepressants. Um, I didn't want to go down the antidepressant route, so I took the sleeping tablet route, which um, helped the dreadful insomnia that I had, but made me, yeah, as you said, turn me from the life and soul to completely soulless, um, very on edge, um, very anxious, um, really seriously did think about, I just need to get out of this life because it's just yeah. a and thinking that I was making my husband and my daughter's life really miserable as well because I had a dreadful temper um, and was just miserable all the time. Um, so we moved to Spain, hoping that that might help. And it did, to be fair. The sunshine did help for a while. And my husband was going to run the London Marathon in 2016 for Children with Cancer UK, which he did. And then after that, everybody else decided that they wanted to run the London Marathon with him, who were mainly women. Um, and that sort of, in a way, probably my husband would say, gave me a bit of a kick up the backside. And right. I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a marathon widow for the second year. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to have to get into running. Um, and I'd, I mean, I've been quite fit during my life. In Singapore, I was quite fit, but more sort of um, circuit training and yeah. weight and everything. I've never been, never been a runner. And um, so I sort of joined this group of women who weren't actually that nice to me. And I was not very i wasn't happy with myself i was probably about stone and a half heavier because of um hormone therapy which i did eventually seek out and although it was natural hormones i just was wearing this fat suit and i hated myself um so they were marked for us not yours though weren't they the, the wearing yeah. of the fat suit <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell me at the time no, of course not. He, did, he did tell me afterwards that he said i felt so sorry for you because you look like you were wearing a fat suit. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have killed him had he told me at the time. But do you know what? I knew I was as well, and I was so yeah. unhappy. And um, I did, I've written in a few articles that I said I'd rather be um, slim and miserable than fat and happy. And I know that sounds very un very selfish and very self-centered, but it, it wasn't. It was just, I can't deal with all of what I'm dealing with and be fat as well. Um, I mean, to be fair, I wasn't fat, but I was, I was much bigger than I was used to be. So I, I got into the running really thinking I'm just going to do this because otherwise I'm not going to see my husband and, um, you know, just get on with it. And we did run the London Marathon. And you probably see the picture behind me just there with us coming up the mall. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I was 53 and seven months, I think. Um, and it really was just going to be a, a bucket list one off. But then I realized, actually, I really quite liked it. It made me feel <laughs> amazing. Um, and I felt back in control of my life again. So I sort of stuck with it and went on to do, in the next few years, loads of half marathons, got into trail running as well. Um, because I'm old and there's not many people over 55 doing <laughs> trail races, I was winning trophies and standing on the podium. And I can't tell you how much I absolutely laugh at myself. Um, if you if you see me laughing or smiling, I'm not standing there in a way of look at me. It's just I just can't believe this. I'm laughing so much. Um, and then I ended up running the New York Marathon last year as well, which was absolutely off the scale. Amazing. Um, and that was a bit of a challenge because Mark had been working back in the charity uh, yeah. for a while he didn't get to do any training so I was doing all the training on my own in Spain which is pretty hard to be fair in yeah. the summer and we get to New York and I really wanted to replicate that photo of us running up the mountain together so we started off thinking we're going to run it and he wasn't in his best shape ah. and I think I made some comment at like 
kilometre 24 and said, I don't think I've ever run this slow before. And he said, well, go on then, you go. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with you. He went, no, seriously, Sal, you go. You've done all the training and you deserve it. So um, I went on thinking my, my goal was like a sub five as I yeah. done it, um, in London. But, it, you know, you're looking at your watch and you're thinking that this is going to be really tough. Um, and New York is really tough because of all the, the bridge climbs. And I got to uh, Central Park, the ascent outside. And I think it was because, you, because you're in um, the States, most of the signage is in miles. So you don't get the kilometer okay. ones regularly yeah. check where you are on your watch. And uh, eventually outside Central Park, I saw the 40 kilometer sign. It's like, yeah, it's 40 kilometers. And, and I looked at my watch and I just thought, you're just not going to do this. You're just not going to get in under five um thankfully we'd walked the course the day before so i did know what it looked like and i sort of paused for probably about five seconds and i thought yeah. no you are you are going to do this and i literally ran my fastest 2.2 kilometers of the whole 42.2 kilometers over that last part i was absolutely going for it and and i came over the line in 459.51 so i basically had eight seconds <laughs> to spare <laughs> I burst into tears because I was, I mean, they do say when you get to a marathon, it's, it's your mind, not your legs that get you over yeah. the line. And, and, and it literally was. Um, and I thought, you just don't know until your official time comes through. And I had a message from friends in Sheffield that, se that said the time. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, absolutely over the moon. Um, and after that, I decided I wanted to go for the big six because I had two. So I'd only need to do and this year had life gone to plan i would have been able to do um, london again and then chicago and berlin but yeah. as we know they've all been cancelled now um but like everybody else i'm probably struggling a bit with my motivation in lockdown or you know social distancing um which is a bit of a challenge um but you know, i've gone back to work <laughs> For the first time in 10 years as well <laughs> um, so I'm now working at the charity's head of sports and um, so every day is filled with sporting activities and I just pinch myself really that at 56 and a half I think I'm 56 and a half um, I'm now having this sec second phase or third phase after um, being a mum of yeah. you know just showing that re we really can achieve anything you know, age is literally just a number. If you want to do it, then you can just go and have a good go at it. And, you know, menopause is foul. It's absolutely, I know one of my friends, Tracy, has come online and, and my school friends, hi, Tracy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we, we've all started being much more honest with each other. I don't think we need to pretend that it's not happening to us because it is. And it really sucks. It really does. Um, and running just, and running's just, really 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 been my savior through all of this there's the, so much to try and unpack throughout that because you literally give me a whistle-stop tour <laughs> at time so and um, what i want to start with is um and i'm going to refer to it a term you use which is mental fitness as opposed to mental health um when you were going through that sort of darker patches you had the anxiety the panic attacks the chronic insomnia that how aware were you of the problems you were experiencing yourself or some of it sort of retrospectively looking back and realizing how bad it became uh no i knew it. i knew it was really bad at the time yeah it was i think what shocks you is that you think as a person who is sensible well informed you know has 
had a good job you're you're aware as well you know of what's going on around you that it, you just don't think it's going to hit you you think it's one yeah. of those that's going to happen to somebody else um and it just absolutely shocked me how much it just yeah it took sally away seriously i don't know i don't know where she went to, to be honest, <laughs> a long time um and 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 you know that you you know we, i think i think any lady listening here will probably feel the same that you look in the mirror in the morning and the person that looks back at you is not you it's and and, and obviously we've all become older as well so we don't necessarily see ourselves as our older self but you just look at that person you just think who are you you know you're just not me i don't know where me's gone to um and as thankfully i managed to find me back um but it did take you know it did take a long time it's i we, we think it probably was seven years, I think, it took from losing oh. Sally to finding Sally again. Um, yeah. And do you think as well, and forgive sort of the, the probing question, but you lost your mum at such a young age, the breast cancer. I mean, 38 is far too young. So did you kind of miss as well that being able to talk these things with mum and obviously see her go through that to prepare you potentially? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, not having um, my mum was an only child as well. And um, we lost her parents not long after. Um, so I, I literally didn't have anyone to talk to about it. Plus yeah. the fact as well is that I think with with anyone, when you try and open a conversation about that dreaded menopause word, it's people look at you like you're just using this rude or <laughs> you know, word. It's so taboo. Yeah. Um, even within my friends, if you know, if you start to open a conversation, say you're not feeling great today because of you know your hormones or whatever, it's all move on, move on. Um, and I find that really shocking. I mean, I remember having a hot flush once with a group of friends in Spain, and they were much younger than me, and they just laughed. They thought it was, <laughs> they thought it was hysterical, and think, yeah. well, you just wait, you just wait <laughs> until it's you, and then you phone me and tell me what it's like. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there is, um, I think there is a, a lack of awareness, but I think there's also um, a lack of people that want to talk about it because it, maybe it makes us appear less as a woman. I'm, I'm not sure. It's getting better. I think it's, get, but that's mainly because celebrities are talking about it. And, yeah, of course. You know. Um, so I've, I've been on a mission ever since to sort of talk about it as much as I can. It's, it's not a taboo word, and I think we just need to be honest about how it affects all parts of our life and our families as well um and you know so many marriages break up during this this time and our husbands really need to be informed and i think really respected my husband's been an absolute star to be honest he did he did most of the research that got me to a um bioidentical clinic um, yes. and and he really believes that men should have groups to talk about it because men you know, you'll know this, Carly, yourself, I'm sure. You know, men are always looking to fix things and find the solution. And yep. in this, you, you know, you, you can do so much, but you, you can't really solve it. it no. it's, it's got to just play out until our hormones get back in balance again. What I love as well is, um, obviously, firstly, your honesty in terms of the menopause side, but also the fact that um, I just had this wonderful mental image you said, so... Mark's been doing the train, he's going to run the marathon, he's got lots of younger women around him, including, I think there was one in particular that spent a bit more time training. And he kind of went, right, I need to get rid of this fat suit, we need to get out there, otherwise I'm not going to see him for the next 12 months. <laughs> yeah, 
It wasn't great. <laughs> so <laughs> at what stage was it that the, that motivation was no longer a factor and actually the, the runner's high, the enjoyment of it and the runner's community began, um, became the biggest factor? Yeah, definitely. And um, I think um, joining things like Instagram, I mean, I was a real late comer to Instagram and then you obviously can share and see what other people are doing. That really yeah. motivated me. Um, putting down my my challenges in writing to myself was really quite important um, and having somebody to be accountable to. Um, but it was just, I think it really was, you, you touched on the word mental fitness, which is, I, I, I'm not a big fan of men, mental health because I think, well, I think to be fair, everybody today probably has some kind of mental health issues. Yeah. Probably in my working day, we used to call it a little bit of stress. And now yeah. we, we tend to use the, the label a little bit more. But for me, it just keeps my, my emotional well-being in check. It's that sort of, yeah, getting outside, getting in the fresh air. I don't ever listen to music when I run because I, um, I'm i not very good at this whole mindfulness thing. But okay. but it is, I guess it is my mindfulness when I'm out running and especially since lockdown when you can hear the birds you can smell the flowers that's all my um yeah my quick fix and then it, it's true what people say you do come back afterwards and you are on an absolute high for the rest of the day it's just you know the endorphins have kicked in and you know you're jumping around and thinking yeah i can achieve anything today and, um and obviously it's nice when people do share in your successes and they see you as being i mean the thing i want I always want to be is completely authentic that yeah. you know I've you know I'm never going to be the fastest runner I've I've run two marathons and I've just managed to scrape in under five hours on both I'm never going to be a sub four hour marathon runner and I'm not going to pretend to be um the fact that I have a few trophies is because I'm over 55 you know <laughs> I can't compete with the 20 year olds um but you, you are seeing more people out there at this time in their life who are thinking, well, yeah, actually, I can I can go and do that as well, you know. Um, and so many women now are, are running marathons. I think I heard from London Marathon events not too long ago that when the London Marathon stuff first started, it was predominantly men. And now yeah. in the next few years, they're looking to have a 50-50 split, which I think is just amazing for women. Super. Yeah, absolutely. Um no, it, yeah, it just makes me feel great, to be honest. So you, you, your first tip to runners then is um, just continue running until you're old and then you'll get more trophies and do better. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to get a Boston qualifying until I'm about 60. Yeah, 60, I think. But I'll keep going. But... Well, it, it, it's funny you say that, actually, because I was looking into those. Because when you said about you've got this aspiration of doing the world majors and trying to hit the targets, I thought, OK, what are we talking then? Uh, and I've got it here that for your 55 to 59 bracket, you need to do a four hours and five minutes. And then for 60 to 64, it's four hours 20. Is that for Boston? Yes. Yeah, I, I think, do you know, I think I've got, I think I've got that in me. Um I'd have to be, you know, the thing is at this time of your life as well, I'm not going to miss out on other things in my life because I'm real. I'm a real person. Yeah. I love my wine. I'm a, I'm, I eat very healthily, but I do like a drink in the evening and I'm not going to give that up. Um, yeah, I say we eat healthy, but we, we like wine. Um, yeah. So. Um, I suppose it'll be interesting that. When that one becomes your sixth and last one, um, how much you do change in terms of, sort of your mindset and training to try and yeah. achieve it? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I, yeah, I think it's, a, it's you know, as I said, it's all about that keeping the authenticity, isn't it? I'm not pretending yeah. to be somebody I'm not. It's um, if I if I suddenly like turned up next week to, to meet some people and I'd got all these muscles and I look like a skinny 25 year old. I think I, I think I'd lose a little bit of the credibility that I try to have. <laughs> Uh, you know we can't we can't compete and it is you know it's difficult getting older is difficult for a woman I'm not gonna you know anyone that's on the call now will know it's you know when I first started going through menopause I was so envious of girls who are 25 and you know look at what you know what their skin's like what clothes they can get into it's really tough and uh, you know I think my daughter's on the line now she's 14 and she's gorgeous Um, (laughs) and it, you know, it's quite tough being, you know, mummy to a 15-year-old. You have to accept that. I think it's, I heard somewhere recently, they call it passing the baton of beauty. And you right. have to know when the time is that you accept that it's, you know, we've, we've doesn't mean we can't look after ourselves and, you know, be yeah, well sure. turned out. And hopefully our husbands are proud to go to dinner with us. But we do have to accept, because um, I'm not into all this, surgical stuff at all personally for me that's that's not really an option marley would kill me anyway she always says mummy no i love you as you are and i think it's very (laughs) important to understand that you know we we do pass it on to to our daughters yeah it's uh, there's one last bit i just want to cover on the boston side because while i was researching it i also it's for the man's side this time i was looking to it this is how unrealistic some of the times are for a great many um at the age of 80 plus as a man you would still have to do four hours 50 minutes i mean what? <laughs> who the hell at 80 plus is running four hours 50 minutes? i know i think my, my husband has actually used that quote actually to say if he was ever okay. going to run boston he'd probably be over 80 because <laughs> there are so many fit men i mean it predominantly yeah. has been men um ladies we have more of a more of a choice but do you know if the boston thing carl became that i had to get a bq to do boston i i yeah. would i would go for it i really would put all Too of it so, yeah absolutely god i want that so much i want that <laughs> and do you know it, it's and it isn't just for me and i and you know anyone that knows me will know that i'm i really say this from the heart it isn't for me of course I'd be proud and my daughter and my husband would be proud it's really to show women of a certain age that we are so capable of achieving great stuff and you know lots of us have given up parts of our life to be mums or whatever yeah but we are still so capable and I actually think in a way we're mentally so much stronger as well because it is it is your mental strength that gets you around a marathon when you're my age. I tell you, uh, it's and you know we, we just yeah we, we can still achieve so much. When no. people might think we should, you know, no disrespect to anyone that loves knitting and gardening. Personally, I'm not ready for any of that just yet. Um, I want to be out there, yeah, getting more medals. So one of the other things as well is obviously you've taken over this new role with head of sports, and it's it's almost we're in dream job territory now aren't we in terms of the what you get to do so tell us a little bit about that what your job involves and the charity itself children with cancer uh well the charity so children with cancer uk was established uh, 33 years ago an amazing man called eddie o'gorman um who is still the chairman and he's in his i think he's 85 ish now so he's he had can he run a four hours 50 marathon no i don't think so i don't think he's ever run a marathon um, so his so his youngest child Paul died age fourteen, 
and he um so paul made his dad promise that um he would help more children like him so um eddie set up the charity um persuaded by princess diana actually to inaug- wow. and she inaugurated the charity and it was originally children with leukemia and then a few years ago they uh, changed it to children with cancer uk and the mission is all about um uh, kinder treatment uh, more cures and kinder treatment for for children so they're set up in great ormond street and there are a few uh, buildings around who that are named after paulo gorman because eddie unfortunately lost his daughter as well a short time after so he's lost two of his five children to um to cancer so the, the link that we had was obviously with Mark running the London Marathon and then us both running the London Marathon. Yeah. And then just by chance, he reached out to them a few years ago and ended up doing consultancy work. And then last year became the CEO and we made the move back here. And then the opportunity to join the sports team came up and I said, you know, I'd love to do that. My corporate experience of running teams has been really important in that as well. But the fact that I'm passionate about running probably drive them all mad because I'm always talking about <laughs> things and they've never really had that before so my team primarily look after all of the London Marathon events so that's the London Marathon the Swim Serpentine and the Ride London which make okay. up that amazing London Classics medal and then half of my team look after events like the Great North Run um, the Oxford and Hackney Half the Essex 10k something called Rat Race which is all these yeah. amazing yep and yeah, we have, well, hopefully 1,200 runners should have been running London this year. And they're now massively on hold until we get our latest update, which is due on the 28th. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just go to work and talk about sports every day. It's just brilliant. And, and how did the charity manage with, because obviously, as you say, 1,200 runners, that's a huge amount who would have been doing the event, raising awareness, raising sponsorship. So how have the charity been affected? by the COVID crisis? Massively, massively affected. There's going to be a very, very big hole in the fundraising for this year. Um, But everybody's, you know, everyone's going through the same. So we're all trying to be more innovative in ideas where we can help our fundraisers um, raise money. It's it's a big challenge because we're trying to keep them motivated to keep their training up for like London, but also to fundraise as well. Uh, We've had lots of virtual races that have been going on people are doing the most amazing stuff like making face masks and selling them um one amazing lady who lost her own child to cancer a few years ago shaved her hair off and raised two and a half thousand pounds wow which i just think is like staggering yeah um and we're hoping to do quite a lot of virtual things in august because ride london have announced um a virtual event over a weekend and lots of opportunities for families to get involved. One of my team made this amazing video this afternoon with a Rocky theme that yeah. she's speeded up and she's getting on a bike and everything. And <laughs> you start seeing a lovely side of people when they start being really quite creative to think how we can make, you know, more money for, for the charity because we really need it because it's the, obviously it's the, the children who are suffering and so many children haven't, well, I think, and adults as well, haven't kept their appointments at hospitals yeah. during this time because obviously they're concerned about the, the virus. Of course. So mass, massive amounts to do, but the most amazing charity. And I feel incredibly blessed that I, well, that we both work there. Amazing, amazing group of people. 
And yesterday, obviously, I did an interview with Mike, and he was saying about how the relationship came about with Children with Cancer and the National Running Show, and indeed the fundraise for the, um, the indoor relay as well. So yes. <laughs> that must, again, from your side, being loving running as you do, and then the National Running Show, it must be even better, you know, another great big tick in the box. Well, it's just, it, I think I told you the story. It was, uh, so the, the charity had some places for New York, and it got to about like six weeks before and Mark realised that we had about 50 places left yeah. to, um, to try and get people to obviously cover the cost of the registration and raise some money. So the amazing Susie Chan, who you know, who's like yes. the you know, number one influencer on um, Instagram for running, who, who was part of our call last night, actually. He just he just took this real sort of, you know, flyer and, and uh commented on her Strava anyone that's yes. on here that doesn't understand Strava's like a running app it's like Facebook on for running so he just reached out and said hi Susie if you fancy running New York give me a uh, drop me an email and he had his proper children with cancer UK yeah. email so he was actually walking to the office in London and I was in Spain and he got into the office and she replied and he called me and he said Susie Chavins just sent me an email <laughs> Um, so they had a chat and she said, oh, I think I could probably help you fill those places. And she introduced Mark to Mike. Mike's yeah. now become a lovely friend. And then all these other people, you know, like Austin and, yeah. um, you know, Anna from the Running Channel. These amazing people who we've met. And uh, yes, yeah, through that became the charity link up with the National Running Show, which we went to in, in January. Um, 35,000 people, all mad running people. I mean, you know, well, you know, because you were there in your, yes. in your pink outfit. Yeah, I was um, mid. <laughs> I mean, you're walking around there, aren't you? You're just in heaven because everything is Fantastic. running related. And Chris Akabusi, who spoke, was amazing. Linford Christie, who spoke, was just, you're just there thinking, somebody just pinched me because this can't be <laughs> real. Um, and we're at the moment, we're actually planning what we're going to do on our stand for um, January 2021 for the National Super. Running Show. So we have a, a two or three year partnership, I think, with them, yeah. um, which is fantastic because they're just great people to work with. Absolutely adore Mike. Um, yeah, I think he's sorted out his toe, hasn't he now? Well, he basically called me on Tuesday evening and said, right, I'm a bit embarrassed with this, but um, I can't feel my toes anymore. If it's not broken, I may actually run it over. So it's something serious yeah. to put out with. But yeah, he's... But he's doing exactly the same. I was talking to him today and he said, I'm not listening to any of my own advice. I'm still doing everything I shouldn't on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said to him, was it all that parachute running that he that he, that he did it with? And he went, no, I walked into a door or something. <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. But no, the link up with the National Running Show is just amazing. I mean, I'd never been to anything like that before. And um, yeah, to think we're going to be, well, touch wood, we're going to be there again in, in January is fantastic. Um, I mean, that for us is, is mainly about awareness. We do, yes. we do raise some money because um, people do want to give, but it's more about, um, yeah, awareness for, for people that all the events that they can sign up through the charity. Um, yeah, people do have their own personal reasons for running with certain charities, but I've noticed over the last few months that people are prepared to almost say, actually, I want to do that one for you, and then I'm going to yeah. do that one for somebody else. And, I mean, my mission is to make our charity the one that everyone wants to be part of our tribe. <laughs> really. <laughs> Come and run for us, because we're fab.
Well, I suppose that leads quite nicely on. So how do people find out more about that if they do want to be a part of any number of the events? So let's say the virtual events you've got in August, how do they get involved with that? And then some more events going forward. Well, everything's on our website. So www.childrenwithcancer.org.uk. And there's a drop down for get involved and then for events. And that lists all the events that we have um, at the moment. Obviously, there's a lot that are on, on hold. Um, but it does give details like the Great North Run is obviously on there. The um, Richmond Festival, the Kew Gardens uh, 10K on the 12th of September is one of the only events that is actually still going ahead. It's, okay. um, they're going to be doing it as a proper socially distanced event um, with... Um, I don't know whether it's going to be one or two metre by the time we get there. So in the start lines, we're going to be socially distanced. Things like you have to collect your own water as you run through. Um, you, you take your own medal at the end. Hopefully yeah. only take one and be good. Um, and then spectators, I think, it is a minimum. Um, and then no, no, obviously, hanging around. There's no, like, post-race village. So um, I'm, I'm doing that one on the 12th of September. So that's going to be interesting to see. And then um, Swim Serpentine is still due. We're still hoping that's going ahead. Um, I think that might be the 13th of September as well. I'd have to just check. So that's okay. the, the one mile or the two mile around the Serpentine. They're really working hard to try and let that one go ahead they're, they're suggesting that social distancing on a two mile swim is easier than on a race yeah. so i could accept we'll, that actually we'll see yeah we'll see but that's i mean that's one of the the classics events and the good thing about the virtual one car that they're doing is if anyone out there can do 100 miles in one go as you would if you were doing the race that still counts towards the london classics as well okay so get yourself a bike yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'll you, just pop to it. You've done you've done the London Marathon, haven't you? No, I was meant to be doing it um, this year as one of oh, my okay. twenty marathons for breast cancer, but it was one of the seven events that I postponed so far. I was meant to okay. be on Berlin, so I'd have seen you there. And yeah, I, I, I'm going to try and work out what I'm going to do for my twenty now. So, have you deferred? Um, have you deferred now till 2021? No, I'm, I'm still with London. I'm still waiting on the news because what I'm going to do is um, I was meant to be on Brighton. I actually ran a marathon around Salisbury instead. So my yeah. plan is to do alternates. And okay. um, Susie, Susie Shaw, this is, has agreed yeah. to run the marathons with me, but the alternate. Oh, okay. But okay. It, just as we were talking, I was just thinking because my birthday is September. So Susie's. And I think by my maths, yours is as well in around that sort of it time. Is. Yeah. So it might be that um, I invite a third person to join me for um, a marathon around September time, if you're game. What date is yours then? Um, mine's the 13th. Ah, oh, OK. 23rd and Susie's the 28th. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So potentially, we might be able to do something because it's um, obviously I appreciate um, you'd be doing it for children with cancer. But I also know the links you've got to breast cancer as well. So it might be nice to do something up in London, try and get it sorted. Maybe get a few yeah. Instagram people involved as well. And it oh, might I'd love to. Better. He can use it as marathon disabled training as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be amazing. Yeah, no, love to, absolutely love to. I think any <laughs> event, any events that are going on at the moment, you're going to have people that say, yep, where do I need to be and what time? Because I think we're all, I mean, Susie Chan did actually run a race last weekend and she didn't really tell anybody about it, but she ran a race called The Omen um, that was um, St. Mar up to St. Martha's Church on the North yeah. Downs Way. 
Um, and uh, yeah, the, the reason it was called The Omen is, have you seen the film The Omen and Damien yes. too? Yeah, yeah. So that horrible looking church building yeah. or whatever is, is actually there and that's where you finished. So she did run a race, but she kept it quite quiet. We didn't really know about that one. Uh, but yeah, not a lot going on. It is mainly virtual things. I'm a bit disappointed that the Great North Run haven't done a, a proper virtual race, but apparently they're keeping the special 40th anniversary edition medals until 2021. Okay, yeah, then, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so, did this, do you remember from when we spoke recently that you've been out on a run for the Race of Stones, but the virtual Race of Stones as well? Yes, yes, I finished it. That gone? You, you did it, did you? Yeah, I didn't do. I didn't do the. I didn't do the hundred k. To be fair, I wasn't going to do it um, because I'd done like miles for mind in May. I'd run every day in yeah. May, and then in June I'd done quite a lot as well. And I thought, no, do you know what? I just don't need this pressure on myself. But when it got to Tuesday, I had that real fear of missing out. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sitting here feeling quite jealous of these people that have set themselves. 100 yeah, 100 kilometers challenge yes. so i decided to log on on tuesday after i'd come back from my run to say i was going to do it but i thought stupidly that because the challenge started on the monday that they would count everything that you'd done like they'd pick it yeah. up through garmin because it was a garmin link rather than a strava link and it and then it said um you have to, everything will be counted that you do from now and i thought i've done three <laughs> runs already <laughs> so, so I went for the marathon distance, but I think I ended yeah. up doing, I think I did 65K in the week. Um, still so, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm waiting for my medal to come through still. <laughs> yeah. I've actually had a few medals because I've done a few challenges with people as well, which is which is nice because it does just keep your motivation going a little bit. But no, definitely. I can't wait to get back to that feeling of running over the finish line and having a medal again. And I think... We, I mean, you must feel the same. You just miss it so much. I'm just desperate. Um, and it, actually, somebody over in a different medium asked um, us for strange hints and tips on keeping yourself motivated to actually go to a race or something. And um, mine was, and some people are probably going to say, oh, that's disgusting, is if you're running a winter race, my tip is to go to bed in your kit the night before because then right. when you wake up and it's freezing and it's five o'clock in the morning and you've got to go to London, you're already you're already dressed. So <laughs> you haven't got that argument with yourself about, oh no, I can't be bothered. So okay, I, fair I, enough. <laughs> so you can remember that when next time it's cold. <laughs> well, because I, I know about, and I don't where you leave your kit out ready for the morning, but not consider sleeping in it. Because my view would be, if you sleep in it, then what can you put on to warm up to go out? You're already there, aren't you? So you're only going to shake off the layers to go running. Yeah, but in those winter races, you know, when you like you, you get to the start line and then you just donate your kit to, to somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you just, you just put all your, you know, your, your old stuff on and take that with you. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it, is a, it is a good tip, though, when it's cold in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> You talk about the, the, the runner's high piece well, just the visions, sort of what you were saying earlier, that what people must have thought when dipping under the line to seven seconds shy of the five-hour mark in New York. So they watched this woman sprint the finish, then burst into tears. And it's one of them, who is she and what's she doing? Well, as, as well, I think you, you almost, you know, you've, you've 
I describe it, if I may, as a, a, the similarity between, you know, if you're, you're out in the car, you're on an hour's journey home and you, you need to go to the loo and right. you're fine. Yep. And then the minute that you get in the house and you get up the stairs to go to the loo, that gets even worse and even worse. And you think, I've just got to go now. Yeah. I think all of those thousands of steps that I'd run um, to get over the line, I literally, like, my body just said, that's it, no more. And I think yeah. I probably got over the line probably out of the way of everybody else and then I just literally stopped burst into tears and it was starting to get quite dusky it was about 4 15 in the afternoon and then to just when people say just don't stop because you won't get going again and yeah. then it was such an effort and I was like walking and I was on my own because Mark was about I know he's listening now he was about well, he's he joined on a perfect time isn't he <laughs> he's about 35 minutes behind me Okay. <laughs> uh, but as I was walking, and it is a really long walk to get to yeah. your bags, I saw an amazing Instagram legend, um, and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's Swedish, and she's got a twin sister, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And she'd come back from injury, and she was having some pictures taken on the side. And I was just, I was just so tired. I didn't even stop and say, can I take your picture or anything? Yeah. I was just, I've got to get to where I was going to and I remember talking to myself out loud which I do do quite often um saying come on you've just you've just got to get there you've just got to get there you've just got just keep going just keep going and it, it was quite a long trek but of course once you get there you get you get your milky drink I waited yeah. for Mark um and we went to the pub um on Central Park we both had our medals and and then it is like that runner's high just kicks in and the, the pain of the last five hours and the fact that we've been up since five that morning to get the, the ferry to Staten Island, which it just goes. I mean, it, yeah. literally, it does just go because you're just on clown. And then you could just be like, well, let's go to, let's go to a disco. Cause I'm just, you know, <laughs> I feel so high now, but I think you do get that really. It, it is incredible as well, isn't it? For, um, cause I did uh, Christmas time. I did a 50 K, um, did an ultra and I was so spent at the end of it. I tried doing a short video to talk about obviously the running the charity and I just broke down in tears whilst I was doing it because you leave so much when you're trying to do it and say the physical, the mental, the emotional, but then it almost does become a little bit addictive because you want that again and you want the success and the feeling and know, as you say, what you're capable of. Yeah. And I think it is once you've experienced that feeling, like when you do a marathon or a half marathon or a 10K for the first time, you don't really know what it's like. And I always if people say to me, why, you know, why do you do it? It's for the feeling. But for me, it's that that medal moment is amazing for me. I basically don't do races unless it's a medal. Because <laughs> that, that is all about the bling. And it's just that, that feeling at the, at the end when you get your medal and you're walking around with it, you know, and I think we all say we're allowed to do it for about 24 hours. So if you're right. flying back from New York, you're allowed to walk around the airport with your medal on. <laughs> um, it, it's such an amazing feeling. And when you, when you know that you're going to get that feeling again, and it is going to hurt, it, it's yeah. really going to hurt to get there. But that's what keeps you going it's yeah it's just knowing what it's going to be like i guess it's the opposite of women having babies carl that they remember what it's like when they start yes. going through it again yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i mean when you stand on the start line in new york it's absolutely goosebump you know because they, they're playing the, the anthem and it's so serious and and you're there thinking this is like the best moment ever uh, but you know the next five hours is really going to hurt <laughs> 
you know, after you've got the over the initial euphoria of running and saying hi to people that you recognise, because you always find a few people that you recognise. Of course you do, yeah. But then, as, as you know, once you get sort of past 24, 26K, it starts to sort of pinch a bit, doesn't it, really? But I found as well that obviously with the longer distances, longer runs, you're out for a bloody long time and you actually, you get to know people as you're going because you could be with them for half hour, an hour running along. And yeah. the running community, I'm yet to meet someone within the running community that isn't largely positive or, you know, genuinely good person trying to do. And it's, you feed off that as well. And it's so enjoyable. And you can only meet someone for that time, for that one hour, but you feel you've shared something during that time. Absolutely. I think the running community are just amazing. And in the in the, the, the latter part of the New York Marathon, when I'd left Mark, he, he met this lovely girl and he said that... that I've seen a thing going here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's, you know, become an Instagram friend for Mark. He She was almost stopped and he said, like, you know, come on, come on. And she went, no, no, I, I, I can't, I can't. And he said, like, I'll run with you. And I think they, they ran, if not all of it, the, the, um, the vast majority of the rest of New York t together. And I think she got a PB. And, and she's now become like a friend of not just Mark's, but mine on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how many people you, make, you meet through the running community. I've noticed that John Pierce has just come on. And uh, John has become, I count him a lovely friend, and I'm very proud to be his friend. I've never met John. I only know him through Instagram. He was on our Children with Cancer call last night. Um, and these amazing people who are so motivated, enthusiastic and kind, you know, really supportive. I, I hardly see any trolling of, of runners. Well, certainly not those that are not in the elite where there's maybe, yeah, a, yeah. you know. But within the, the general, the people that do it for lovely charitable reasons or for feeling good or for mental health that, the vast majority of, of people out there are supportive. I, I think it, they're just so kind, you know. And if you're having a bad day, I think people feel that they are able to be honest about their feelings. We don't hide if you're having a, a bad day because everybody, everybody does. But no, I just have a lovely community of people. No, I completely agree. I mean, I've just seen Chris had put a comment out there as well, because I found at the National Running Show, it was there's a lot of people I've met on Instagram. And then you can't, you meet them in real life and realise they're exactly the same. They are genuinely nice people. And I'm, I'm fortunate that, because I've done a few races now in the last six months and met several people on those as well. It's Because it, it feels almost a bit strange, isn't it? And the, the area you grew up where there's that stigma surrounding social media and it's not quite the same. But actually, with the running community, it is what you see is what you get, and they are just the same, and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And as you say, the charity side as well. Um, yes, yeah. some people obviously running for fitness for their own reasons, but the majority of runners are doing it as well because they want to help worthwhile causes and make a difference because they're that sort of person. Yeah, definitely. You know, we, we have lots of people now, I've really noticed, who, who receive ballot places for big events, so they don't actually need to run for a charity because they've, they've got their place. But we're seeing so many people who've got their ballot place and still come to the charity and say, no, I want to do it yeah. for a charity. I want to be part of a team. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, especially places like the London Marathon, the Great North Run, being part of a team when you finish to be able to go and talk to other people about your experience. And, oh, did you see the cheer bus at 18K? Or did you see that guy dressed as a rhino? You know, you just you just don't want to go home from those events. You could stay no. there for the rest of the day, couldn't you, and, and speak to people. 
Um, so I've just seen lovely Anna the Runner's just come on. And, uh, you know, I love Anna's story about the guy that she ran with for a few times during New York. I just kept bumping into him. And then everyone was hoping there was going to be a romance afterwards. You know, you see these people, don't you? <laughs> 10K, and then you don't see them 5K and then you bump into them again. And, yeah. you know, all of those lovely stories. And, and it is, I think, when you do meet people in the flesh for the first time, you just think, I've known these people forever, but actually I've never really met them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a bit surreal, really. Um, the, I guess the only thing we don't know about them is, I was saying this yesterday, is how tall they are. I think we probably get shocked sometimes that some people are oh, much taller than I thought, or not as tall as I thought he was going to be. Um, but, yeah, we're very blessed, such a great community of people. Um, I, f I feel very lucky and very... In a way, I wish I'd found it when I was younger, but actually, you know, my whole my whole story is I found it when I was later. And when people call me inspirational, I thank you. I think it's lovely, and I hope I can. That wasn't why I started out doing it. You know, it was to help me personally. I think if that inspires one other person to think, well, I could do this as well, or... You know, I could just put my trainers on and start with 0 to 5K, or and yeah. then I can go up to do this. You know, I vividly remember my first 10K, um, and I actually shared the, the picture just recently on um, on face on Instagram again because it was such a big thing for me. I was scared so much of doing 10K. I had my gels in my hand. I saw I had, it. <laughs> yeah, I had all my kit came from the supermarket, you know, long before <laughs> the lovely ASICS kit that I'm very blessed to be able to wear now. Um, and yeah, it was really tough. Um, but I remember people saying, once you can run for an hour, then you can, you can run for whatever. And I, and I do really believe that, that once you can get that first hour under your belt, um, but you know, we all we all stop as well. You know, I think there's been a whole thing around that recently about you know, do you do you pause your watch? Yes, I do. <laughs> I take photos. I cross the roads. Yes, you know, and enjoy it. Yeah, or I just think, do you know what? I need to have a bit of a breather here. So you know, let's be real about it. Um, we're not we're not after any world records, especially not of my age. It's just there to enjoy, really. No, it's fantastic. And I think, I think no better place to leave it than that as well, that just enjoy it for the pleasure of it, the people you meet. Yes. Um, people said to me that my connection is playing up a little bit as well. I, I blame work for that, but maybe it's a subtle hint that I should be not, not in work at this time of night. I was just going to say for the person who's just put for many people 10K is their marathon. Yeah, I think that's amazing. It's, you know, we all find the distance that, that suits us. You know, Susie yeah. Chan, who I spoke to last night, runs you know, a hundred miles in a week. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. I, you know, I'd love to experience <laughs> some of the ultras that she does. Personally, I think she's mad at times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all find, whether it's 5K, 10K, a half marathon. Personally, for me, a half marathon is my favourite. Okay. I think, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's testing. Um, but it's it's doable with 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 training but there are some beautiful half marathon places where you can run as well um for me marathons i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna go any more out outside of the big six i'll be lucky if i get to london uh twice but it's it's hard the training is hard um you've got to be really committed having lived abroad for quite a long time i find the winter training quite difficult with yeah the, with the 
early mornings and the darkness it's just not really for me now um but a half marathon you know you can get half marathon fit in you know eight eight ten weeks and it's a it's doable and, and it doesn't take up the whole weekend either so it you know anyone's listening that wants a nice challenge i'd say find a nice half that is flat and and go for it because it's fun the great north run is amazing for anyone who's looking for something my lovely friend Catherine is on here and that's going to be her first half as well just stunning yeah oh, that's absolutely fantastic and just for those that have joined us sort of later can you just remind how people if they want to learn more about the, the runs the work that children with cancer are doing and want to be involved in any of it in any way what's the best way for them to do that well, definitely look at, so look at our website, uh, first of all, as I said, www.childrenwithcancer.org.uk. We also have um, an email address that just goes generally to our sports team. Um, so anyone that wants to find out anything that we're doing that is on our website, so a formal event or Ride London, just drop us a line um, through that email and we can point you in the right direction. Um, I'm trying to be a great North run have got a virtual you can find all of that information out through the various websites as well um, but obviously we'd love it if you'd like to raise money for children with cancer UK and you can find out everything about fundraising on the website or track me down on Instagram and drop me a message and I'd love to help superb Sally thank you so much for your time this evening it's been an absolute pleasure oh, no, and, thank uh, you so much and we're definitely going to do that in September then yeah Fancy. Yep, it, it, I'm game if you are. And it's now okay. official because we put it on Instagram, so that's it. Okay. Okay. Choose, your race. <laughs> Choose your race and I'll be there. Super. Well, you okay. take care and I look forward okay. to catching up with you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Carl. Okay, take care. Good night, everyone. Bye. And that concludes another interview for the day. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And as ever, if you have any feedback, send it through to me at my Instagram handle of fighting underscore the underscore dadbod. Enjoy the rest of your day.